Fishing like a local isn't just about catching fish. It's about connecting with the environment and the people who call it home. It's about hearing the stories and traditions that have been passed down for generations and sharing unforgettable moments with the people you meet along the way. Fishing like a local is having an experience that stays with you forever. And with Fishing Booker, you can experience it too, no matter where you are. Discover your next adventure on Fishing Booker. This upcoming concert season will be all about the boots, and Tecovis is your stop for the best in Western style. Tecovis has seasonal and limited edition offerings this spring and summer, including men's and women's boots, apparel, hats, bags, and more. All Tecovis boots are made by hand in a time-honored tradition with timeless styles that are always on trend. And Tecovis has first wear comfort with little to no break-in period. It's hard to find this level of comfort paired with this level of style. Stop by your local Tacova store, have a complimentary drink or two, that's WCB style, and shop new styles. The smell of fresh leather and friendly staff are at your service. Many stores even have leather custom branding to make your boots truly personalized. And with regular live music and events, there's no in-store experience like it. If you can't make it into a store, just visit tecovas.com. That's T-E-C-O-V-A-S.com. They offer free shipping on all boots, as well as free returns and exchanges, and ship right to your door. Go to tecovis.com and find your new favorite pair of boots today. Hey everyone, welcome back to another episode of the New Hunter's Guide. The podcast helping new hunters get started and helping active hunters learn new things. I'm your host, George Kanidis, and today we're going to talk about getting ready for deer season. That's right, it's the beginning of August and deer season is about to ramp up. I know what you're thinking, you're like, wait a minute, deer season doesn't start until, uh, you know, more like October for archery and and late November for, for rifle, depending on where you are in the country. And that's right, actually, we're a little bit late in August for getting ready. Uh, because here is the, the bottom line when it comes to deer hunting. Some hunters can go years without seeing a deer. And some hunters uh, rarely go a season without getting two or three deer. And what is the difference? It's like my father-in-law always says, preparation is the unfair advantage. Those who are ready, those who are prepared, those who've done their homework, those who have gotten ready in advance, they're the ones that are going to be successful again and again and again and again. Oh yeah, anybody can go out and, and get a deer and um, you know you can have some good luck or, or you can just be in the right place at the right time and I'm all for that, love it, can't get enough of it, but that's not a reliable strategy. You can't go out and hope you're going to get lucky as a strategy. So you need to prepare. You need to get ready. So I'm going to, today is the first of a series of episodes on preparing for deer season, on getting things ready, getting things in order. And these are going to be things that are, you can apply to public land. There's going to be things you can apply to private land, land that you own or land that you have permission to hunt on. Um, some of these things will work better in some places or you'll have more permission to use in some places than others. But we're going to jump in first and foremost with you need to know where deer are. So scouting, of course, is, is uh, very important. 
We've done previous episodes on scouting for deer. You can look for a sign. You can look for tracks. You can look for rubs. You can look for scrapes. You can look for droppings. You can look for actual deer. But my experience tells me two things. One, you'll never know what those deer were. You can say, oh, well, that track is a little bigger. Well, it could also be that that ground was a little softer. Um, but you won't know if it's a buck, if it's a doe, if it's the same one, if it's a dozen. Um, you just won't. You just won't know. And not all deer leave a lot of sign. I've seen places where deer are all over that place every single day, and you'd be hard pressed to to find more than a couple tracks uh, because they 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 don't walk in places that are obvious or. They're, uh, for whatever reason, they step on the places that are hard or that are dry. They don't leave tracks. Um, they're not leaving droppings in certain places. They're just, they're not doing the regular things that deer usually do or that we like them to do so we can know if they're there, but they're there. So the best way to tell if deer are there is to have a trail cam. And I am very much in favor of using a trail cam. Now, Trail cam tells you a number of different things. Number one, are there deer there? Number two, what kind of deer and how many deer? Number three, it's going to tell you when the deer are there. That's a big one. When? And then number four, how often? So if you're hunting bucks or if you're hunting does, you need to know if that's what's in the area. If you are, um, if you're going out, it's important to know, is there just one or two deer around or there are a lot of deer around, especially if you're on public land, you know, what's the competition look like? Is everybody going after the same one deer or is there, is there a whole herd there? Uh, when deer are there though, is a big one. I mean, it is huge. Is your spot that you're looking to hunt or that you're looking to find, is that a good morning spot? Or is that a good evening spot? First half of the day or second half of the day? Or is that a fair midday spot? There are decent midday spots, but it's usually a morning spot or an evening spot. Very few places that you're going to hunt are going to be great spots all day long. And they're usually either great morning spots or great evening spots. Now, then you got to think about the wind. You got to think about the light. You got to think about the topography. Not just when the deer are there, but you need to, to weigh all of this in your mind and, and think about where you can set up and so forth. There's a lot of details to that. But are they there and when are they there? If they're only there in the morning, coming in for an afternoon hunt doesn't make any sense. If they're only there in the evening, you don't need to wake up at four in the morning. You can come after lunch. So you need, to, you need to know that, and rarely do you want to sit in the same place all day unless you've got favorable wind, favorable lighting, just the right conditions, but that's, a, that's only a percentage of most spots that people hunt. And that kind of dis, it really dispels the all-day hunting myth that that's what you have to do to be successful. Now, if you know when the deer are there and what the conditions are, then you hunt when the deer are there. That's how you're successful. And if you just blindly strike out and just going to sit there for 14 hours and figure if they're ever there, you'll find out. Well, you can do that. 
uh, but you're going to waste a lot more time and a lot more energy in order to come to the same result than if you had some intel. So you need to have some trail cams. You don't need to have $500 trail cams. Um, you know, most of the trail cams that I use, I think the most expensive one that I have is I paid about 60 bucks for it, 55. It was on sale. I think they retail around 80, um, and, and cheaper than that. So you don't need to have a ton of trail cams, but it's good to have one or two or three and it's good to use them strategically. And this is the time of year to get them out there. Um, if you're hunting, if you're going to hunt archery, you need to have them out there now. If you're only hunting rifle, now's the good time to get them out. Um, it depends. If you're if you're starting to hunt in, in the end of September, the beginning of October, you're you're a little bit behind the eight ball. You need to work on that right now. If you're looking at at rifle season, now's the perfect time to start thinking about this. So you want to get out there. You want to find some spots. You want to you want to figure out what, all these details about the deer when they're around, who's there, what's going on. Because if you're going buck hunting, and you've got a property that has no bucks, well. I mean, you know, it's, it's just not going to work out for you. Now, there's always the off chance that you're going to have a stranger wandering around in the middle of the rut, and that does happen, and that's how people get lucky. But in, no, nothing is a replacement for intel. So where do you put trail cams? And what kind of trail cams do you get? And uh, I'm not a trail cam salesman. I don't make any commission off anybody buying anyone's trail cams. But you just need some basic features, basic stuff. So I, I, I could probably do an entire series on trail cams, but that's not really necessary. Uh, number one, you though, you need something that's cost-effective, something in your price range. I don't recommend any beginner go out and spend more than $100 on a trail cam. You just won't even know what features you really like and appreciate at, the, at, at this point in order to, to know what you really want to get. You can easily get something between 50 and 100 bucks that's excellent. That'll do everything you need it to do. Now, a lot of people, they get all bent out of shape on features. It's got to be X number of yards flash distance and X number of yards camera trigger range and X degrees field of view and um, this kind of low glow nighttime flash versus that kind of no glow and... You know, all these things and aperture timing and, you know, all of that is important in a measure. But at the end of the day, it's not, you just need to get some intel. Get something cheap. Get something easy. Here's the features that you want to look for. Single picture versus three round burst or five round burst. You want to have it either, you want to have it doing several pictures per click. Just because... Now, first picture, that one picture you get might not be good. The deer might be moving. You want to have multiple rounds. You want to have some kind of nighttime capability. Low glow, no flash, infrared, whatever. You want to be able to take pictures at night because you want to know when the deer are there. Now, you're thinking nighttime, but a camera trying to take a picture at 6.30 in the morning, it's got to use the nighttime flash in order to get enough light to expose the deer. And that's well within hunting hours. But without that 
capability, it's not going to be able to take a picture. You would just get a black frame because cameras need more light than your eyeball does. And same thing for things that are close to sunset. You need that extra capability in order to get a good exposure at that time of day. So um, you just need to be aware of that. So you need that. Do you need video? Video is nice. It is not needed. Um, it, video is cool. Video you know, can be helpful, but it's not a must-have. Um, the better trail cams, you can do photos and video. It's going to take both at the same time. That's cool. But again, you don't need that. You just need something that's going to snap some pictures. And trail cams are not super reliable, even the ones that are fairly good. Maybe the top end ones are, but you know, you could walk in front of one and it's not always going to even take your picture. So you want something that's going to take multiple photos and you want it to be able to sit there long enough to get a pulse on what's going on. Maximum range, aperture, all that stuff. Not that big of a deal. Um, it's not that important at this stage of the game. And there's a reason for that because you're not going to put a, a camera out just in the middle of nowhere hoping a deer walks by. You're going to put a camera out in a very specific location that you believe is going to, is going to achieve optimal results that you're going to see deer. The deer have a reason to be in that spot at optimum distance. You're not going to set that camera up and, and hope you get a shot from 80 yards because I got news for you. Even though it says it takes pictures at 80 yards, don't believe it. If it actually does take the photo, it's probably going to look so far away, you can't tell if it's a deer, a coyote, or a squirrel falling out of a tree. Your, your ideal range is probably more like 20 yards. Um, that's just the way that it works. So you want to have, a, you, there's got to be a reason for deer to be there. And we're going to talk more about this in future episodes, but you need, there's a couple of different things that are gonna define deer movement that you either are gonna find or create. So you're gonna have to focus on something. And the next episode we do is gonna be about creating a mock scrape, which is something anybody can do with almost no equipment and just a couple dollars and a little bit of time. And you can create something that will define deer movement. And then you put your camera right on that spot. So whenever deer come and interact with that habitat improvement that you put there with that feature, with, with that thing, there you're going to get their picture. So your camera's going to face this specific spot. Maybe it's a mock scrape. Maybe it is a well-used trail. Maybe it's a food plot. Maybe it's a fruit tree. Maybe it is uh, a water hole. Maybe it's a stream. Maybe it's a, a crossroads. Maybe it's some place that is between properties that deer go from a bedding area to a food source. You're going to find a spot or create a spot for that, that deer are going to use regularly and that you know that's about where they're going to be so you can set up your camera to get the, the right picture at the right distance reliably with a good exposure so you can make even a cheap trail cam uh, perform decently and give you the intelligence that you need and and go on with it that way. So that is the biggest thing when it comes to cameras. It's not what camera do you buy. It's not what features are important. 
Um, you know, all of that has a place, but at this stage of the game, what's way more important is where are the deer going to be and setting up your camera to take that picture, that photo at that place. So that is the thing you really need to think about. So what I'll do in the show notes, I will link you guys to uh, a trail cam that I use that I'm happy with. I got it cheaper because it was on sale on Amazon uh, when I picked it up. But just to give you an idea, this camera has more bells and whistles than you need. It's got video and photos. Um, it's not overly expensive, but you know, I, I would say for a beginner, this camera's on the high end of what you should be thinking about. You just don't need to invest more than this. You can absolutely invest less. You know, some cameras like this one that has an LED screen on the actual camera itself. So you can sit there and you can look at the photos and look at the videos right from the trail cam still stuck to the tree when you come to check it. That's nice, but honestly, when you're going to check trail cams, you probably ought not stand there for 15 minutes. You got to get in, swap the memory cards and get out, be there as little as possible. So those kind of features, while they're nice, they're not make or break issues because you really ought not be using them most of the time anyway. So what you really want to do is get a nice little SD card reader that you can plug into your phone. So you can go out, pull, swap the, the, swap the cards in your trail cam, put a fresh one in, plug that one into your SD card reader, then you can pull it up on your phone, save the pictures right to your phone, look at them from your phone, you know, when you get back to your car, back to your truck, or if you want to look at them while you're still in the woods, you can just pull it up, look at the phone, look at the video, look at the photos, look at the timestamps, and just do that. You definitely want a camera though that'll timestamp and date stamp because you need to know what day and what time of day. Some people just leave that set to default, you know, so it's, you know, it, 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 whenever you put the batteries in your camera, it's just January 1st of. 1900 you know at midnight and then you never know when the deer were there what time of day they were there that's the most important data you can get from the cam so it's gotta stamp every picture with date and time date and time you gotta have it it, it, it doesn't matter how cheap it is as long as it does that that's the most important thing and it takes a, a removable sd card which you can get for $5. You can get a 32 gigabyte card. I just bought two more this past week on Amazon. And then you can just rotate them out whenever you go through the woods. You just swap that out, you're done. Check it every two or three weeks and you're in good shape. So that's what you wanna do. You wanna find or create a spot that deer are gonna be, you know where they're gonna be in that area. And then you set up your camera on a, to take their picture. Now you definitely want to set up the camera. Here's something that people get wrong. Easy thing that you can do better. You want to set the camera up on a tree that's bigger than the camera. The tree has to be larger than the camera, larger diameter. You don't want the camera to stick out and have its own silhouette when deer look at it. You, you want it to just look like, um, you know, just a knob on a tree. So you want it to be bigger than the camera. Here's another thing that people get wrong all the time, and I used to get this wrong. The instructions will usually tell you to put the camera at about waist height or chest height. Don't do that. If you wanna take pictures of turkey, do that. If you wanna take pictures of foxes, do that. But for deer, deer's 
you want the camera to be higher than their plane of view. You want it to be above their eye level. So you ought to put your camera at face level, human face level, and just make sure that it's angled properly to be able to see the spot you want to see. Because you don't want the camera to spook the deer. Because if they walk around and it's at eye level, it's way easier for them to fixate on. If they have to look up, it's the same, same methodology with the tree stand. All of a sudden, it's invisible and camouflaged because it's a few feet higher than they're used to looking. So you want to you wanna think about that. Um, now, you, here's what you want to keep in mind. You're going to hear a lot of advice out there that that works, what works, what doesn't work. Here's what you want to keep in mind. What are you hunting? Does care a lot less. Young uh, bucks care a lot less. Mature bucks care a lot more. So does and young bucks, they might not care where the camera is. I've seen them come up and sniff or even lick the camera. It doesn't scare them. They don't care. But a mature buck is so easily put off, so easily spooked, so easily just you know, pressured and pushed off a piece of land, you don't want that to happen. You don't want the camera, the thing you're using for intel on the place you can hunt, being the thing that pushes deer away from the place you can hunt. So you want to keep that in mind. You, you always want the camera to be higher than their regular field of view. They're less likely to see it, less likely to think anything of it, less likely to stare at it, and it's less likely to spook them. The other thing is, don't put the camera directly facing where the deer's eyes are going to be. So if you've got your camera on a trail, you don't want it facing straight down the trail so that as the deer walk down the trail, they're staring at your camera the whole time. You want it off to the side or at an angle, or if it is, if it has to be something like that, don't put it at the tree that's closest to them. Put it back a couple trees put it back a few trees so that's not the first thing they see that's not the closest thing they see it's it's in the background a little bit just just little tips to to make your camera blend in and be less visible so you want to think about that as well now you got issues with public land and private land can you put a camera up on public land check your jurisdiction but i believe in most states if not all, the answer is yes. Uh, but you got to be concerned, though. In some places, is somebody going to steal your camera? They make all sorts of stuff. They make lock boxes. They make um, different things that you can literally chain on to protect your camera from theft. If you're in a place where that's going on, those are things you can think about. The other thing to think about is just put the camera higher and... Um, make sure that it blends in. The number one, um, excuse me, the number one theft deterrent of a camera should be camouflage. If you can camouflage it from people, you can camouflage it from deer. So you want to put that camera higher because people are trained to walk around and look for trail cams at waist level or chest level. If you put it higher, you put it up a few extra feet if you take uh, you know, just a three-step stool into the woods with you, all of a sudden you can put that camera in a place nobody can reach it unless they've got a three-step stool and that's all you need. And they're also not looking up there. 
And if you camouflage it well, if it's, if it's a nice camo pattern, if you put it on the right kind of tree, that's just like with a deer, if a deer is walking down a trail and the camera's facing right at him, and a person's walking down a trail and the camera's facing right at him, the person's likely to see it. So it's all about camouflage. If, if a person doesn't see it, a deer's not going to see it. Another thing people do is they put their cameras at waist level, right next, I mean, literally five feet away from a ton of deer tracks, uh, a well-used path. Sounds good, but it's easy to spot because you get there and you think, hmm, this is a good location. Oh, somebody else thought so too. And they put a camera there. Put the camera off a little bit. Put it back a little bit. Put a little bit of distance between the camera and the trail. The other reason there is not just you know deterring a person from stealing it. It's about where do you go to check the camera? You shouldn't have to walk on the deer trail to check the camera and swap your memory card. So if the camera is off the trail, you can walk through the woods. Just being a few feet away from the trail means your scent is not in the middle of the trail, doesn't stay there for a few days, doesn't risk scaring deer off from the place that you're trying to find them and hunt them. So you want to just be cognizant of that. Some people do some pretty high-end stuff when it comes to placing cameras. They're going to wear uh, rubber boots that they only keep outside and they spray with scent eliminator and they're only going to wear their camera clothing that they keep outside to go out and check trail cams. You know, if you're trying to hunt trophy bucks in the mountains, that's, that's maybe something that'll help you. For the most part, that's not really necessary. Just think about where are you walking and try to stay off the trail, try to stay off of the thing that you're photographing. So make sure you can access the camera without being on the deer trail or being on the food plot or being on the mock scrape. And you will do a lot in terms of not spooking deer and keeping your camera hidden from other people. So that's sort of uh, Trail Camera 101. I hope that's helpful for you guys. Just some introductory type stuff. I'll be giving more tips specifically on how to create and find and use cameras the right ways and effective ways in future episodes. But till then, get yourself a camera or two. Find a cheap one. You can often get them you know, at a discount store or online or on Amazon or you can get last year's model or two years ago's model. Like I said, bells and whistles, not that important because we're going to set the camera up knowing where the deer is going to be and we're going to be close enough and at the right place in order to get a good picture. We're not just going to hope that somewhere in the woods a deer walks by it. And, um, and even if they do that, it's still not reliable or dependable. You want to find the area you want to hunt. You want to find a reason you think deer are going to be there. And then you want to get some intel on those deer. And then use that intel to guide your hunt. Because here's the deal. You're going to take time to go hunting. You're going to take time away from your family. Or time from your friends. Or time from your job. Or time from other activities that you do. That time is worth money. That time is worth all kind of stuff. So if you're going to take that time and go into the woods... You want that time to be as productive as you can. And I, I don't care what anybody says. If you go into the woods for five days in a row and you don't see an animal, that's discouraging. What's more encouraging is you see animals every time you go in the woods. You get to pick and choose which ones you want to take. You, you've done your homework. You're able to use that time 
even if you don't, you know, if you go out and you see 20 deer and you decide, mm, no, none of those are the ones I want, you still had a great day. You go out in the woods, you see no deer, you know, you can still enjoy that day, but after a while, if those kind of days add up, you know, you can really be discouraged and you may not be hunting smart enough. So, you know, that's where all this comes in. I used to not be a trail cam person. I used to not be someone that did intel or scouting until I went a couple years without shooting a deer. And then I thought, hmm, maybe I need to change up my strategy a little bit. Maybe I need to do a little more homework. Maybe I need to invest a little bit more in August and September in order to be more effective once hunting season rolls around. And as soon as I started doing that, instantly, like magic, my luck turned around. That's because it's not luck, it's hunting. It's, it's learning the animals, learning the area, learning their habits, learning what they do, and then using that information and, and applying that to, to be able to have better, more productive, and more fun hunts for the time you've got out there. So till next time, God bless you guys, and go get them in the woods. <laughs>